Thank you for joining us today on our Eastside Church podcast. Today, Pastor John Parker will bring our message. Let's listen in. He's good. He's so good. Thank you, God, for being a good God. Thank you, God, for not leaving us where we were, God. Thank you for being a good God. A good God. A good God. A good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. You've never leaving us nor forsaken us. You're that good, God. You're a good God. You're a good God. And you stand on your word. And you stand on your word. You stand on your word. In a time where some of us look to news as if it's truth, isn't it good to know that we have the good news? The, the gospel is the good news of Jesus. That is the real news. You know, we talk about fake news all the time. <laughs> the, the media is fake news, but the gospel is good news. It is true all the time. In Roman times, that's why they called it the gospel. The gospel was not just a Christian word, but what the gospel was, was it was, it was, it was the <clears throat> representatives from the Roman government that would go out and proclaim a gospel. They would tell you new announcements about the Roman Empire. They would tell you big updates that this was the emperor, this was that. But early Christians picked up on that and said, yeah, we're going to hijack that word because y'all are, y'all are preaching an inferior message here. We actually have the gospel. That Jesus is king, that he is Lord. Amen? And so it puts it into perspective. What source are we believing this morning? What, what, what is really feeding us? You know, some of us, we, we scroll and scroll and scroll, and I'm guilty of it. Um, different stories and things like that. And, and, and I've, my time with Stephen Vulo has like kind of helped me to ask this question. Am I getting played? Um, especially when I stroll up and get something and it makes a certain reaction out of me. You know, you ever scrolled and scrolled and then you've come across something and it pulls a different reaction out. You just, come on, y'all, it's not just me. There's a whole documentary on it. It'll, it'll mess you up if you see how they're messing with our mind. But anyways, I'm, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, there are certain things, certain images, certain stories, certain ways that stories can be presented to us that that cause a reaction, amen? And I'm reminded uh, by the great prophet Cheryl. Um, one, one day I was with her, and I think it came up on her phone or my phone. I don't know whose phone it was. But, you know, if you got an iPhone, I'm sorry for you Android users, but if you iPhone, every now and then if you get a potential spam caller, they got a new update. It says potential spam. It lets you know, it lets you kind of filter what type of stuff is about to be on the other end. I wish we had that filter for life, right? You know, just, just I, I wish that, like, right before we scroll on something that's about to trigger us, I wish it said, hey, 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 potential, potential for spam. Because the Church of Jesus Christ, we believe in the good news. Somebody say good news. Good news that Jesus is Lord. He's come. He's, we have to be proclaiming this good news more than we proclaim the news ticker on CNN. We have to proclaim the good news more than we proclaim anything we see on these media outlets. Amen. Am I talking to anybody who knows the good news? The good news of Jesus. Because if we don't really believe that it really is the truth, then we will make it a footnote 
to the story of sin. And sin will be great in our life and Jesus will be a footnote to that story of sin. Well, I have this huge sin problem in my life and I need to take this little Jesus pill to deal with it. No, no, sin is a footnote to the story of Jesus. All of life is worship. You got, Guess what? You're going to worship something. It just depends on what. Are you going to worship Jesus or are you going to worship sin? And as we, as we dive down on this journey together, I'm just reminded of just, just the story of my brother and um, my life with him. And I'm, we've been talking through James a little bit. And James is the little brother of Jesus. Say little brother. And I just thought about that, like that tension between siblings that could be in and out. It could be up and down. You know, a lot of you have siblings and you love them, but sometimes you love to hate them, right? You know what I'm saying? You love, you love time with them, but time apart is okay sometimes. And I'm just wanting to pull out a little bit of this from the story of James because he was the little brother of Jesus. And imagine if Jesus was your big brother, I mean, the pressure, you know, that I'm a big brother. Uh, I'm the oldest in my family. So I know the pressure had to be great on my little brother, Logan. I mean, I'm so great. <laughs> oh, can I get a witness? <laughs> we don't have an organ yet. It's okay. It's all right. But, <laughs> but it had to be great on him, right? Why? Because uh, I, I'm his big brother, right? So what, the things that I do, he's expected to do. So much so to the point it drove a, a wedge in our relationship to where one time he came to me and said, I'm not you. And he had to tell my parents that same thing. He said, I'm not John. And the way my parents loved on him had to be uniquely different to him than they had to love on me. But imagine if you're James and Jesus is your big brother. This brother is not, he's perfect. Literally perfect. <laughs> not just in perspective, he's actually perfect. And I want to take a trip which you just kind of through a little bit of just what it must have been like to be the little brother of James, uh, the little brother of Jesus and how he gets to this place where he's able to bring so much revelation that we get to. And, and if you've been following us for any length of time, you've been hearing Pastor Alex talk about uh, the revelations that's been coming out of the book of James. Anybody been blessed by that? Yes, absolutely, right? But I think sometimes we, oftentimes we, we forget that James was also a man just like us. We forget that he, that he had some humanity to actually overcome uh, on his way to, to the message, amen? So if you're, if you're taking any notes, my title today is going to be The Activation Should Lead to Action. Activation Should Lead us to action. Now, before this great spiritual transformation, the spiritual activation happened with James, I believe that he probably thought his big brother was a little bit crazy. Don't take my word for it. There's text to back it up. Let's go to Mark 3, and we'll see exactly what the family of Jesus was saying about him in this text. Mark 3, beginning at verse 20, it says, Jesus entered a house, and the crowd gathered again so that they were not even able to eat. When his family heard of this, they set out to restrain him because they said he is out of his mind. Now, let me give you a little bit of backstory here. Jesus was right now in this text. He was already declaring and proclaiming that he could uh, he could forgive sin. 
that he was who he said he was, who the Father was saying he was. This is when Jesus was starting to be established in the earth, and he was really ministering to people. He's saying all these truths, and his his family understands that the things that Jesus is saying is going to put them in direct odds with the religious system of that day. Amen? Like, seriously, he begins walking out his calling. He begins to being established in who he is, who God made him to be, and yet people were calling him crazy. First point, if you're taking any notes, you would say this. Look, when you begin to be established on what God has created you to do, being where you're supposed to be and operating how you're supposed to, people might call you crazy. Because to one, it could, seemed, it could appear peaceful, but to someone else, it, it appears like you're crazy. The very fact that some of you are here worshiping this morning might be looked at by some of your mama and them, your cousins and whoever else, as you are crazy because you're not curled up somewhere in fear in front of a TV or laptop talking about a pandemic. You can help me or I can help myself, but it's, it's, it's all right. Listen, some, some acts. Now, this is a very simple act. Just because you came to church today was not a radical act of faith. I want to I wanna just say that, okay? That was not radical. What was, what was it? It was grateful. You understand that coming to church is a, is a healthy part of your spiritual walk. That being with other believers, you, if you don't believe me, be with people who talk nothing but fear all day long and see how you feel at the end of it. Be around people who who are just so on the edge of anxiety all day long, 24-7, seven days a week, and see how you feel afterwards. So, on the contrary, you're here. You're here, ready to hear a word, ready to hopefully digest a word that will do something in you that will hopefully catapult you to more life of ministry in your life. Amen? Now, Like I said, I think that his family was thinking he was crazy. Not my words, their words. It was there in Mark 3. But let's let's dive in a little bit deeper and see how how James goes from thinking that Jesus was possibly crazy to having a little bit of crazy faith. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 3. Verse 3, it says, For I delivered to you as first importance... What I also received, that Christ died for your sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then appeared to Cephas, who was also Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at, the, at one time, most of whom who are still alive. Though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, say James, then to all the apostles. This is important because as Paul is writing this out, he's telling the story of Jesus. And this is not just something to read over, but after Jesus is resurrected, there, are, there is proof that he actually is who he says he is because he's actually appeared to more than 500 people at the same time. More than, more than 500 people have the, account, have the same account that Jesus is who he said that he was. And he not only appears to 500 people as if that was proof enough, he also appears to his little brother. 
Now, I got a little funny story, and it was takes place in Walmart. I might date myself in age when I tell you this, but I don't know. Has anybody, when you were, like, really young, got lost, got detached from your parents in Walmart? Somebody said still do. But for me, when it happened, I was around three or four years old, and it was kind of traumatic. Enough so that I still remember it today that I lost my mom's hand in Walmart, and I just cried. Right there, stood right in the middle, right where I was at, cried. And I, I, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I just cried until she showed up. And I was just hoping that if she was in the garden section, I'm over in pharmacy, she's just going to know my cry, and she's going she's to show up. And I remember my brother had, had a, a similar experience to that a few years later because I'm older. Uh, and when he did it, he was a little bit more smart than me. He went to the lady on the loudspeaker. And she, she said, hey, just want to let someone know there's a, a young boy who's missing his mom. He's wearing this color shirt, this color pants. And I just thought to myself, wow, why didn't I have those life skills? The same to cry out. Brothers can operate differently as far as like just life happening. And so as we're painting this picture of these two brothers here, I'm just wanting to just kind of set this up that it's significant that Jesus appears to James at this time, not because James didn't believe before Jesus had died, but think about it. If you're his brother, you know him at a different range than everybody else. You know the parts of Jesus that don't nobody know. My little brother knows parts of me that hope none of y'all ever find out. You know, kids being kids. Air quotes. <laughs> But there's things that the little brother of Jesus would know about Jesus. There's a relationship there that is special. Even if he was a believer, even if he had begun to listen to the teachings of his big brother and, and attend meetings and attend times where he was talking with other disciples, even if he really had done the spiritual things while Jesus was alive, there still was something that needed to be confirmed in this little brother that would activate something greater. Amen? Because it's one thing for me just to do as my big brother says, but it's another thing for me to actually find out that it's true. Me to actually encounter the real thing. Say the real thing. When Jesus encounters uh, James here after the resurrection, this is the real thing. This is a real face-to-face encounter that happens to James. And because of this, I believe that it activates something in James. That not only was my brother saying, not only all the things that he used to teach and preach and all these things were they good nuggets of truth, but they actually true that he actually was the son of God. He actually was the Messiah. Wow, he actually was who he said he was. I'm building here, y'all. Just stick with me for a second. So if you're taking notes, the first thing, I, I have an acronym here. And so activation should move, spiritual activation should move us to act. Now, the, ac- the acronym is going to be the word act. And for the letter A, I would like you just to write this down. Allegiance to Jesus and his people. When we're activated, we should have an allegiance to Jesus and his people. Now, what do we see in James 1? Let's, let's frame that. Now, first time we hear from James in the written text here, we see this. He says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. Now, I just want to just, I just want to say like how, how he's representing himself here. James, a servant of God. Now, first of all, if Jesus was my big brother, and he actually was who he said he was, and he actually, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost as if, uh, if, if someone was talking and just saying, oh, yeah, this is really who he is or whatever. But then you find out that he actually is who he says he is. James is a lot more humble here than what I would be. If, I, if Jesus was my big brother, no, I'm getting clout for this. I am definitely, this is my time. This is my platform. Jesus, you just took us to another level, brother. You raised our family up. I'm introducing myself as Jesus. I am James, Jesus' brother. I want room service because I'm Jesus' brother. I want better treatment because I'm Jesus' brother. First of all, y'all think that y'all praising like that? No, I want a front row seat because I'm Jesus' brother. No, James says, I'm a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, first of all, it's one thing for Jesus to be who he says he is. But for me to use language like the Lord Jesus Christ, Something had to transcend a physical uh, relationship, a, a, a brother, an earthly brotherhood. It had to become very immensely spiritual and supernatural for you to see your, go from seeing your brother as just your brother to your Lord and Savior. I told you he had the real thing. He had the real encounter. When, when Jesus came to him after the ascension, he had the real thing. The question that you and I need to ask today is, have we had a real encounter with Jesus that has activated something in us? Have we, have we really, have we really, uh, have we really encountered uh, not only church, but have, have you encountered Jesus or have you encountered church? Because the two are diametrically different. They are totally different things. These, this is not the same. For you to have an introduction to church does not mean you met Christ. But if you met Christ, you definitely are a part of the church. I used this example last, uh, last service, and it was, it was good, so I'm going to use it again. Everybody know what this is? Cell, cell phone. Not, not if it's an Apple or Android. But anyways, it's a cell phone. Yes. Thank God we were, none of us were born 100 years ago. So, um, cell phone. Now, if this gets broken, they're probably going to send me another one, right? You know, that's kind of how it works if you've got insurance on your phone. And when they send me another one, what do I have to do to actually be able to use it? Activate it. Now, if I don't activate it, I could set the new phone that they sent me down in this seat. I could pray over it, pray in tongues over it, roll on the floor, cry, cry all night, do pour oil on it. Will it work? Why? Because it hasn't been. Why do we think that we can do the things of God if we haven't been activated? Come on, y'all. Like, you know, I'm I'm waiting. We're waiting on one thing. What? To 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 have this activated. Because once it's activated, now I can do what? Make calls. In our spiritual life, the same implication happens where we're sitting there, we're frustrated in church, and we're saying, Well, does church even really a thing? And should I even go? And I can get the same thing online, blah, blah, blah. 
And we're not asking the real question, have I actually been activated? Because the form of religion says this, is that we just wait for a preacher to be activated, and we're all going to cheerlead his walk with God, and so he's going to be up there activated, hearing from God, telling us messages. Oh, did you see that text message that the preacher got? That was a word. <laughs> While all of us sit there spiritually dead, waiting with a roaming signal. No activation. Come on, y'all, am I talking good? Like, I mean, is this resonating anywhere? Because what the truth is, we in the American church, I don't, I want to disenfranchise from that. The American church is satisfied with setting cell phones on every seat in here saying we got more cell phones, even though none of them suckers are working. Did you hear it on Easter? We had a record number of dead cell phones. We had a record Christmas with dead cell phones. JP, I thought that, like, yeah, numbers are one of the ways that we see. Yeah, but of actually activated people. If you make a disciple of Jesus, you've made an evangelist. But if you make a puppet evangelist, you haven't made a disciple of Jesus. They just talk about the things you told them to talk about. And so when a pandemic happens, people lose faith, but they don't lose faith because they were never alive. They just showed up. So why is it important for Jesus to appear to James at this point? Because even though James has knowledge of who Jesus is, he still needs it to be really activated in a real example so that he now can do the work of ministry. Thank you, because he's activated. Yes. You know, I used to be an elementary school teacher. If I said the same thing 10 enough times, somebody would get it. Praise God, we got it. So another thing just in that, in that line, what happens when we have multiple phones on the same network? Well, if we have multiple phones with the same carrier. It's called a network. First, I need a phone, but having a phone isn't good enough. I need to activate it, and I can't just activate it without a SIMS card because the SIMS card does what? Gets me connected to the network. Many in the church are sitting Sunday to Sunday waiting for the thing that's going to change. Well, I'm just coming because I know pastor has a good word. Not realizing that your spiritual activation is the key to unlocking your spiritual thriving life. You understand that when Tori's activated, I'm activated, Cheryl's activated, when we come together, there is community that is represented in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit The Bible says, let us make man in our image. It's not let us just let man get a front row seat to how we operate in unity. No, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man, you and I, in their image, in his image, so that when we bring them into community, they now get to join the dance of how it's done. (sighs) That wasn't in first service, so I'm just giving out the next. Listen, that was right now. Praise God for the rhema. But seriously, y'all, we got to get this because if you're like me, a lot of my time was spent uh, in, in, in especially the Christian walk was I just need to serve to the point to where, okay, I can 
maybe work for a church. That's full-time ministry. But that's, y'all, that's, that's a lie that we've been told. And it's just, it's a lie. When you're activated, wherever you are, the kingdom is now there. When you're activated, see, like, if, if we're talking about a room full of people who've been activated spiritually, we don't have to ask you to serve because it's family, you know? You've, you've been activated now into the kingdom of God. And so you're looking for opportunities that God is speaking to someone. God is moving already. He's already preparing your workplace. How many of you have corporations that you work for, different businesses? Hopefully y'all got jobs and not unemployment. Anybody work a job in here? Thank you. That means we have missionaries. You know, sometimes I say stuff just to see if y'all are paying attention. But we have missionaries at all of those places. What does that mean? That means that if you're looking for full-time ministry, start where you are. Because that means your employer right now, he's paying for the, the, the advancement of the kingdom of God. Whoever's paying you, guess what? They, they are paying for the advancement of the kingdom. Sometimes I'm doing work at people who don't believe in God's house. And they're paying me. What are they doing? Advancing the kingdom of God. They're paying for the advancement of the kingdom of God when they pay me. Your boss, when he pays you, guess what? He's paying for the advancement of the kingdom of God through you. So how dare we act like now all of a sudden we're detached from the church? The thing about it is this. is uh, Listen. Every mercy, every day, his mercies are new. And when we spend time with God, that is like a a supercharging time. That is where he charges us up. All of us know that if we use a, a phone all the way out, the battery will eventually die. And we do what? Charge the battery. But somewhere in 2020, we believe the lie that separation is going to keep us okay. And online church is just going to do it alone. Y'all know we need the body. We need the body. I don't know how the technology works, but now they got it to where you can put two phones back to back and the one that's got larger charge or greater charge can actually charge the one that's, that's uh, the battery's drained. I don't understand how that works, but I think it's dope. Because when we touch and agree as Christians, what happens? Our faith is increased. Our, our, we, we are encouraged together when that, why? Because we're activated together. It is not on the pastor sitting there just being the only one that's getting downloads or the worship leader that's the only one getting downloads. It's all of us coming in unity together saying, you know what? We're interconnected. And now we can all receive a corporate signal of oneness that defies what the world sets into place. The first thing that activation produces is allegiance to Jesus and his people. The second thing that it produces is a calling. And it activates us in that calling. Let's turn to Acts chapter 15, beginning at verse 13. James has now encountered Jesus. He's, he's experienced him. He's, he knows that, that his brother is who he said he is. God's revealed that to him, and now he's able to walk in this. Starting at verse 13 of Acts chapter 15, it says, after they stopped talking, after they stopped speaking, James replied, brothers, listen to me. Simeon was, uh, has related how God first visited the Gentiles. Say Gentiles. 
y'all, that's us. That's us. Like, not, if you're not of original Jewish descent, the Gentiles, anytime you read Gentiles in the Bible, regardless of what America teaches us, that we are the best nation in the world, we're the best people in the world, guess what? We are not the Jewish people. We are Gentiles. And it is a good thing that Gentiles were on the mind of God. Amen? Right here he says he visited the Gentiles, um, first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. Next verse. And with the words of the prophets agree, um, just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. That the remnant of, my, of mankind may seek the Lord and that all the Gentiles who were called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things, keep going, known from, uh, known from old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God. Another translation of this says that we, we should not make it difficult for those who choose to turn to God. Ask yourself some real questions here. Does your Facebook post make it difficult for people who don't look like you, vote like you, think like you, but are image bearers of God to experience God? Before you hit post, before you hit like, before you hit share, before any of that, can you just say, hey, does this make it difficult for someone to know God? Because it's on the heart of God. It's on the mind of God. People who are different are on the mind of God here. When God says he chooses the Gentiles to take from them a people and put on his, la- put on his name. You got to understand that Jesus Christ, Christ is not just a last name. Christ is, is saying Messiah. That is what Christ is. So it, as we, we could pretty much be called Messiah and not just Christians, you know. Why? Because G- we are a people of Jesus, And when we come into the family of Jesus, you have to check donkeys and elephants at the door. In October of 2020, 20 days before an election, please check these donkeys at the door. Donkeys and elephants. Trade them for lambs. I saw that. I got to give it credit. I saw it somewhere. So I didn't come up with it. I just saw it. I retweeted it live. That's, That's what happened. But y'all listen to the message of unity here from the early church. This is a church who who had witnessed literally people being like killed because they were different. And the message here is still the same. James, the brother of Jesus, has the same revelation that the people of God were on God's mind. People who were far from God was on the mind of God. And he says, because of what he's read from the prophets, he says, I can only conclude one thing. It's not wise for us. I know one thing. I might not know everything, but one thing I do know is that it's not wise for us to make it difficult for people to come to God. Yeah, we can call it whatever name we want, but it's just not wise for us to make it difficult for people to come to God. Amen? The last thing, and then Michael, if you could come. So we've first, with the word act, we've got an allegiance to Jesus. Activation also produces a calling. And the final thing is that activation produces a tenacity about us. 
In James 1, verse 12, it says this. It says, blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to him who loved him. I'm read that one more time. Blessed is the one who endures the trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to him. I don't know what your test is to stand in before you, but one of the things that I can just say is that the, the, uh, the promise of Scripture is, is blessed. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. And if you're in this room right now, then God clearly has a message for you of being activated, of asking yourself a real question, looking in a mirror this morning saying, hey, am I like the phone that has been activated or am I just Am I brand new, polished, but doing nobody no good? Because that's, that's, that's the analogy, right? That we can have something that really looks good. You know, a phone that hadn't been activated, but it's brand new. Shoot, it looks great. It looks great on the outside. Is there anything wrong with this? Nope, there's nothing wrong with this phone. It is perfect. It's blemish-free. But it, you can't do nothing with it. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather... Be a little rugged on the outside, but be active on the inside. I'd rather, I remember they used to pick on people that their Bibles look super crisp. You know, the Bibles look like they bought it from Walmart that morning. Versus you'd see the old deacon that comes and his Bible is beat down and raggedy, but it looks used. It's been used. And for me, and hopefully for you, you'd be able to say that, I want to be active. What does is, what is being active look like in our congregation? It looks like being an active participant of the move of God called Eastside Church. What does that look like? Not sitting there like a dead cell phone. Not disconnected from a network of healthy individuals and healthy Christians who are waiting to pour life into you and you to pour life into others. I'm waiting for the mood music, but it's all right. <laughs> what does it look like? What does it look like? It doesn't look like you going from church to church, being nomadic, saying that every church can't feed you when you weren't designed for that. You were designed to be part of an interconnected, worldwide, global move of God called the church. And if you're dead, it's not because he ain't activating you. What does it look like? Father, I stretch my hands to thee. For no other help I know. If, if, if you should draw your hand from me, where else can I go? We're in a moment this morning where you can really ask that for yourself and say, Lord, I hear JP this morning, and I just want to do some business with you. I want to be active. I want to make a difference. None of us would say we don't want three generations from us right now to not benefit from a move of God that started with us. Some of us are where we are because someone two generations ago, three generations ago, prayed prayers, and we are still benefiting from their yes. And so what God is doing now is ready to bless your lineage. Keep going. Keep keep moving that down. Can we stand together? The life of James can be the life that we live as well. From going from a place of 
barely knowing Jesus or, or knowing him somewhat, to really being active, to being activated. And that's what I pray this morning. I pray that we can leave this place looking for opportunities. See, right now, if, if you're activated, if, if the Spirit of God is just really hovering over you and really active, he's, he's putting people in your mind right now that you're going to encounter this week, that this message might impact. Not for the sake of me, but for the sake of just of people, of people coming in contact with truth. Do you know how contagious you can be? What is the real pandemic in this season? It's sin. It's rampant. It's everywhere. It's invisible. But guess what? You don't have to be in quarantine for it because Jesus has overtaken sin. And guess what? Because even darkness is light with him. There's an answer that God's placed on the inside of you. It's his spirit. It's his spirit moving, ready, willing. He's ready for your yes. And this morning, I just want to end with that right there. The activation is available. Activation is available. It doesn't always just look like physical outpouring signs because I tell you, like, on the outside, many things can look really good, but I'd rather be rugged on the outside and be really active on the inside. So this morning, don't leave without the opportunity for you to say, you know what, God, I want to be active this morning. I want to be activated. Join with a brother. Join with a sister. There'll be people praying here later. But as we sing this song, I would just would love for us to personally reflect and say, God, where am I at? Where am I? Well, on this journey that you've called me to, where am I at? On this, on this place, this mission field called my work, God, what, what is the kingdom assignment there? Who do you want to reach there? Who do you just want to encourage at my work? Who do you just want to encourage the places where I go? We love you, Lord. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.